Welcome to the First Comics News Podcast. Welcome to First Comics News Podcast number 29. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm the senior editor of the website, along with a reviewer and podcaster. Gabe. I am also a reviewer and podcaster. All right. First Comics News, and we're going to talk about... Comic books. Yeah, oh. as we are. <laughs> <laughs> More specifically, we're going to start off with uh, Star Wars Issue 2, uh, picking up where Marvel's uh, relaunching of the franchise left off. Uh, issue 1, we held in very high regard. I posted a review on the site where I absolutely went fanboy about it. Uh, you went a little fanboy on your review of issue two as well. Did I? Well, I'm a fanboy too, so. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. yeah, I mean, issue one particularly, I was uh, like the robot chicken guy. Right. Star Wars ones. <laughs> ah, I got it's back. Uh, I, I was so very excited. This one picks up right where issue one left off with Darth Vader confronting Luke Skywalker. Now. Handled it, very well. Yes. It had been assumed through years that they had never met prior to Bespin. Correct. Uh, Marvel was under the restrictions on the original publication of not being able to touch on the Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker um, conflict. They couldn't have them meet in the comic. They couldn't deal with the Han and Han, Luke, and Leia romance. Right. Uh, because they wouldn't resolve it. They couldn't talk about the Jedi's. They couldn't talk about a lot of things. So they were kind of in a holding pattern of strange stories. And there were some good stories they published, but uh, they were really handicapped by yeah, what they couldn't, couldn't do. You take the main characters and say you can't advance them, you know, plot-wise, right. beyond this point, no matter what. And then the novels pick, uh, picked up same where the comics left off. You know, they didn't fill in those gaps. Uh, the Shadows of the Empire, which came between Empire and Return of the Jedi... But nothing in the books had ever stated that they had met before. So it was widely assumed that there would be a series of near misses where they just missed each other uh, <laughs> like they did at Marvel. You know, the ship would take off and Darth Vader would arrive on the planet. But they established right off the bat that this was not your, your dad's continuity. They are, they, yes. And they are, I mean, they have full permission from Lucas to go all out on this. And they have. They have, they have said, ah, well, we can't, we can't have uh, Han and... Leia flirting? Well, here is some flirtation. We can't have Luke and Darth meet? Well, here they are, meeting and fighting. Yeah, it really establishes uh, that you have to wipe your mind clean of the old canon. Indeed. You cannot just uh, take for granted that you know it's going to happen. And this issue, uh, I was afraid, to be honest with you, that they were going to kind of chicken out and have a door closed between them. You know, right? Or something would happen, and they wouldn't actually have a conflict. But you get pages of, you know, they kind of don't know who each other really are. Well, they don't, of course, at all. Yeah. And something similar to a door comes between them eventually. Right. But there is still the conflict. They they clash lightsabers. They talk. They engage. Yeah. You know, they fight, which is uh. There's a villainous rapport. Yeah, it was great. I actually thought they would uh. My, my deepest fear was this was going to be a projection from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. Where he's like, 
like uh, Dagobah. Like, what if this happened? Where Darth was in the cave. <laughs> right, it was kind of like right. some sort of manifestation of stop in your tracks. And they weasel up, but they, they ben stuck with Ben has not it. showed up. He's not shown up to uh He's talked a little Luke. bit. He's talked yeah, a, little a little bit. bit you know, stop, run, not your time. <laughs> right. But, I mean... Uh, He's not fully blue at the moment. Right, this is completely action-packed. Uh, that is non-stop. I mean, it's great. That I love the 3PO interaction. I normally am not a huge fan of, of 3PO's antics on his own, but I thought it was it was handled very well in the, the character's fashion. Yeah, he was forced into action and failed spectacularly. And <laughs> miserably. Uh, uh, I like the Imperial Walker was introduced again uh, yeah. early, tying it all in. And the speeder bike. Speeder so you've bike's got a very tie cool. in with Endor and Hoth. Uh, more Darth Vader just killing his own troops. Darth Vader. <laughs> Which I thought was a great scene where he loses the helmet in the collapse of the building. Right. And a stormtrooper sees it and he uses the horse oh, to sorry, snap yeah. his neck. It just twists his head right around. Um, I thought that there was a great. There, there were some great callbacks to other comics. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, a Dark Horse comic where Luke faced down an Adat and used the Force to Yeah, that was, uh, was it, uh, not Crimson Empire. Uh, that was when he was turning to the Dark Side. Yes. yes. Yep. Right. And we get it, when we get a kind of a shadow of that with Vader versus an Imperial Walker. But I like what they did here is, uh, they limit the Force a little bit. Yes. You know, like the old Dark Horse, he tips over shit. And, yeah, uh, the Force Unleashed, he actually pulls a, a Star Destroyer down. <laughs> but here, I mean, he stops the leg and is kind of pushing at it, but it's not. he's not picking up the Ad-Ad and swinging it around. And, right. Which limits it a little bit, but it, it, it's much appreciated bringing it back into the... And he, he makes a great point that he, you know, in his conf- conflict with Luke, he's, you're completely worthless. Even with his lightsaber in your hand. You don't even know what you're doing. Right, because he only got a couple days worth of training on the Millennium Falcon as they were blasting through uh, time and space. Right. So, I mean, he never had the, the years of practice and training. So it shows him struggling with the lightsaber, and it shows him struggling to be a hero as he lets everyone out of their cells, and they all, <laughs> almost all of them die almost instantaneously. It is not the great... Uh, not There's the a steep learning heroic. curve here. But it's Lewis. interesting, you know... It's just so unusual that you have to, uh, now this is canon. So now he has met Darth Vader. So any books that come out in the future, Luke will remember the conflicts. Not just, oh, he met on Cloud City and he met at, uh, on Endor. But there there may be more conflicts they've in met, between. They've now met on Simon 1. Yeah, the only thing they can't do is reveal that Darth knows he's his father. And right, in this one, he finds the lightsaber and recognizes it as his own. But that's all. That's all. He's like, what is Obi-Wan going, what is Obi-Wan up to? Yeah, what's he been up to all those years? That rascally old man. <laughs> Should have asked him before I killed him. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Uh, great, so, yeah. great story, great interaction. There's a there's a, some throwback of R2 fixing the walker that mimics him fixing the falcon. Yeah, at the last minute getting the guns working. Um, there's a great... Uh, there's some great stuff. Uh, we still know, still know Chewbacca in this one. He's on the cover, but I didn't. Yeah, he disappeared when the building collapsed in the first issue. Yeah, that'll so happen. I guess he'll, he'll come back in the nick of time. <laughs> so, to save some people, and tying surprisingly tying really heavily into Star Wars was uh, Darth Vader issue one. 
Which, Very when I so. read it, it really does tie in with the events. I I kind of wondered if they were going to go with kind of a him becoming a, like a pre New Hope mm-hmm. Darth, but they've jumped right in and kind of added it, they meshed it with the Star Wars run, and I and I assume they're going to do that with Leia yes. next month as well. As in now, you've got the Vader story that is directly uh, showing what happens in the previous Star Wars issues. And I can only assume that all three of them will be tying in to one another as the series goes on. Yeah, tight continuity here. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if you read any of the novels that are going to be coming out with Luke and, you know, post-Jedi and such, but uh, it'll be interesting now that this is the continuity and they don't have to worry about gaps between the movies and canon that was established with limitations on what they could talk about. The Jedis were never really referenced because they had no idea what the Lucas was going to do with them in the prequels. Right. So they're always very limited or not talked about. Now you know the backstory, you know the history, you can explore it fully. I remember wondering what, how the fall of the Jedi went about. When I was a, a young lad, I thought, what, what did he have cooked up? What, what kind of amazing... Battle Royale did the Jedi go through. And and that is a, another podcast for another time. <laughs> my my disappointment. All right. So we will discuss uh, Vader One. Okay. Uh Vader One was good, not as good as Star Wars. No. I have some core uh, issues with it. Uh the art I don't like as much. Uh some of the the, the way they do the panel layouts. <laughs> um the Vader picking Jabba's nose. Yeah, and I'm not sure what they're trying to do. I don't know. These aren't numbered, but it's a scene where he's standing on the trap door. And I'm trying to figure out what, what's going on. I guess they're on. trying to say, well, Luke was fool enough to stand on the trap door, but Vader, he's a veteran. He's not going to stand I, I, on the I trap get, door. I get what they're tra- But here he's standing on the trap door, right? Is that the trap door? Uh, or is that just grading? I think that's right. Front of the trap. Because the trap door is a chute that's right year? on the other side of the grating. Yeah, on this side. No, you're right. He, this is it. That's it. Because so, he's standing there. Then he moves. It looks like he moves on it, and then he moves off it. Yeah. And then he's half and half. And then he's like, "Well, I can see your, you know, your careful step carefully. You know, the step carefully." But he's half on and half off the trap. So I don't know if that's the trap. But then here he's not on the trap, and then he kind of does, and then I don't know. It's trap gate. Yes. Two pages of him moving back and dancing. forth. Yeah. And, and you know what I here's here's my my issue with it. Mm-hmm. It started off and it was and I thought it was interesting because it mimicked you know Return of the Jedi where mm-hmm. Luke shows up and he you know chokes the Gamorrean guards and he goes and he and he uh, mind tricks the uh, Twi'lek to take me to Jabba and Darth. Basically, instead, he rolls in, same kind of image, kills the Gamorrean guards, and says, he doesn't use the mind trick, he just says, take me to Jabba. You know, it's inferred that he's just going to kill yeah, the guy. Yeah, his lightsaber ignites. Right. But Vader goes to Jabba with a hard sell in the first place. I've always thought of Vader as, like, a little bit better than that. Well, he had to go. He was ordered by the Emperor to go. Yes, and it's... So he's trying to take care of some business on the side. Right. 
So the emperor says, "You, you're the he only survivor. You're him. the only survivor of of the Death Star debacle. Our our vast he, uh, peacekeeping vessel. You, you're the only survivor. And uh, of course, Mahdi survives. The the guy that he uh, force chokes yeah. in the New Hope. Yeah, and which so now, he, which he didn't do in the." Uh... The old canon. Right. Only Vader survived. Right. But now he had left previous to the destruction of mm-hmm. the Death Star, and the Emperor puts him in charge of Vader, basically. So Vader, there's someone in between Vader and the Emperor. Yeah, now. like Tarkin was originally. Right. Now, uh, in the Tarkin novel, he, uh, uh, what's his name, the other guy, Mod, uh, Mahdi. Mahdi. He actually plays a pretty big role in it as a confidant for uh, Tarkin. Uh-huh. They, they have that same ambition. So it's it's kind of tying in, even with the novel that's come out, you know, the, the influence. But uh, and then they torture the poor uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy from the Star Wars issue number two. yeah issue number one who uh, number one, yeah. who let the rebels gain access to it. Right. It's it's great because you get this whole thing of Vader explaining what happened in Star Wars issue number one and issue number two. Yeah. And you know he leaves out some key things like sure. oh I ran into Luke Skywalker. And he had Obi Wan Kenobi's lightsaber, which used well, he, to be mine. Yeah, but yeah. FYI, you know, yeah. I'll keep it to myself. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is another example right here of what I feel bad art. I actually thought his, the droid's hand was on his shoulder, like he was restraining him at first glance. This is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the these are very weird. It it, it kind of feels like. Have you ever photoshopped? something into a picture and it looks off scale. Yeah. It seems like that was drawn and then someone was like, check a droid in there. And they yeah. just kind of put a droid in there. Yeah, I, but I think there's a lot of talking in this issue. But it, it felt like it should have been a little bigger because there's a lot of five, six panel, seven panel pages. Well, you, you get Star Wars and Star Wars 1 and it is action more action and a little bit more action, yeah. and Han, you know, yelling something, and then some more action. And Vader is going all out in the Star Wars, and in his own book, he's talking, he's running errands for the Emperor, he's going to pick up Chinese, you know. I, I, what do you think of this guy, the Emperor, has in his his office there? And I don't. This I part don't with know. this part with Darth doesn't really ring true. Where he says, uh, "Are you trying to hide something from me?" <laughs> I just can't picture Darth Vader saying that to the Emperor. No, no, it's, no it's, Darth, you don't, you don't understand the concept of hiding. Having someone sit in plain sight is not hiding it from you. Now, it is, to, we have to say that these are different writers yes. uh, uh, between Star Wars and Vader. So, even though there is a nice meshing of the stories, the writing is different. And I think, I have a a feeling that the voice of Vader has not been found as well in the actual Vader comic than it was in right. the Star Wars comic. I mean, they're trying to do a lot in this issue. Flashbacks, yeah, flash forwards. Flash forwards, he's browbeating his, his uh, you know, officers underneath him. And then, who shows up? Dot's number one fan. <laughs> the Fett. Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett and his Chewbacca is basically what I'll call that guy. His Chewbacca, yeah. He, Boba Fett, who I had always assumed that the braid thing on Boba Fett's armor 
was a, a Wookiee braid, mm-hmm. and part of a Wookiee pelt, which is reviled throughout the galaxy, apparently. But here he stands, meeting Vader on the the most desolate piece of Tatooine with a Wookiee bounty hunter named Black. Yeah, it's over here. It's Black uh, Christ- Christanton? Christanton, yes. Christ- yeah, a couple hours in there. He's got a bowcaster, so you know he's a Wookiee. Um, and apparently Fett's been... Uh, Tasked, they've both been tasked to track each uh, someone down. Mm-hmm. So uh, the emperor is meeting with a guy in private. Won't tell Vader who it is. So Vader, of course, says, "Find out who it is." Mm-hmm. So he's, I can't remember if he sends Fett to find Luke. He sends Fett to find Luke and, and Wookiee to send to get sends, the other guy. He sends Evil Chewie to find this. Uh, guy who was that an eye patch or yeah, it was like it looked like part cyborg uh kind of there was another character in the old marvel series whose name i forget who was half cyborg he has like a cyborg uh, cyborg guy right i i i don't know what part he will play but what in the emperor would entrust this guy with what i don't know yes um, it shall be revealed yes and then you have the beautiful. If as long as Vader's on Tatooine, why not go see? Why not go see a few folks? Yeah, kill a few sand people while they're there. And so that, it's and an interesting callback to some of that, but not as exciting as I yeah. had hoped. This is a. This is kind of like a side dish to Star Wars main course. It kind of ties in with it, complements it a little bit, but it you is. wouldn't want to have this by itself. You know what this does? It scares me into thinking that the Leia comic is going to be a lot of senatorial debating. <laughs> because I expected, I mean, this is a thick book. And I thought, oh man, how many people is Vader going to fight in this one? And to be fair, he does basically take out Jabba's throne room. Yes. And, and force choke Jabba. And force choke Jabba. For good measure. But there's a lot of talky-talky leading up to it and a lot of talky-talky afterward. Yes. Uh, I mean, good. I'm still going to get it. Uh, oh, without but I think this may be something that, when it's uh, collected, it will flow better. I agree. I think the first trade paperback, Vader, is going to gonna be a little bit uh, better read. And uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep buying the Star Wars every week. So. Yeah. And Leia's out next month. Um, Leia will be out next month. And they're going to they're gonna release them... Um, Week after week after week, is that right? Or are they going to dump them all? Well, it in says one issue day? one and two available March. So, and actually, the next Vader is out February twenty fifth. So that's two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's they're doing issues one and two, two weeks apart. Well, well, well. It's a lot of Star Wars, a lot of money going into the old Star Wars budget. Yep, the uh, sales figures came out, and they sold about a million copies of issue one. And uh, how many did cool. they make? A well, that, that's how many they shipped. The retail was, and I believe it because it's uh, it's been a hunt finding yeah. issues for that, Star Wars. Yeah, actually, issue two uh, was sold out at both comic shops we went to today. Yep, I was out of luck, and yeah. I picked up the last last Darth Vader number one. Yeah, they had a time capsule had the one with the kid covers. Oh yeah, but he put out they had the action figure ones, but they sold as soon as he opened. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to go to work? Yes, yeah, this work <laughs> it ruins everything. 
All right, uh, you want to talk about uh, Pathfinder Origins Issue 1? Issue 1, yes. Um, I don't know what you know about Pathfinder. I know that the books are incredibly thick. It's based around the Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 open game license, and they took that and added more and more charts and graphs and stats. And <laughs> If it wasn't complicated the first time around, yeah. let me... Paizo basically uh, ran... Dungeons and Dungeon and Dragon magazine. Yes, that, that staff was in charge. Did of a that. fine job of it. Yes, they did. And when it was decided, when you know, I'm sure someone at Hasbro said went to the Wizards of the Coast crew and said, "We need you to make up this amount of money with the D and D project." And they said, "We need a new edition." So they created a fourth edition to replace the 3.5 edition, and they did not continue with the open game license which a lot of people had an issue with because the open game license was kind of like a this is all ours yes. this is all ours and the trouble with that is the great part about the open game license was that anyone could be a part of D&D and make something but the the bad part of it was that anyone could be a part of D&D and, and there something. was a, a lot there was a lot of product there was a lot of bad product and it reflected poorly on the D&D sure. license. So I don't blame Wizards for wanting to tighten it up into four. But they kind of went within a different direction. And they, some of the fans felt a little snubbed. So the Paizo crew said, all right, well, we're going to keep operating under this free open game license and create Pathfinder and continue to sell 3.5 books. And here we are. Years and years later, and they have expanded and tweaked and done more than I could have ever imagined you could do with that game system. They've created modules and books, and they make their own comic books. They do, they have just put out product after product. Miniatures. Mini, they took over the minis. They have I've, a couple of computer games in development, too. Yes, they do. Online, one online they'll have a, MMO. They'll have an MMO up, and... Uh, yeah, they it is wildly popular, and the fans of Pathfinder are rabid. You hardcore. If you say D and D, you you might lose something. So uh, that brings me to the Pathfinder Origins, wherein they took each of the iconic classes and created a guy or a girl that embodied these kind of things. So there you have a sorceress, Sione, and, or you have the thief, the elven thief, Mauricio. Uh, but what they started off with is their fighter, and he is a two-weapon fighter named Valeros, and they have decided to tell his story. And I think what what it will be is, I think there are 20-something Iconics of all different classes, the ones they've created since, and the basic classes. And I think each issue is going to go about talking about one of these Iconics. So that's two years' worth of just one one-offs. And this one, this first one, they start off with the fighter, and it's kind of a, a cool story. It's a the standard. I was hired on to guard a caravan story, where he's explaining how he uh, why he wasn't a drunken lout, and and it goes directly into him vomiting from being <laughs> drunk. Yeah, they wanted a uh, some information from a guild, but right. she was less than impressed with the band of adventurers that had assembled <laughs> before her. So, right. So they're kind of explaining why they're actually good characters. 
Right, and there are about six of them there, so you can only imagine that the next issue is going to be one of the other people in the room. But he explains, he's explaining how he was there. He, it opens up on him in the stockade, um, you know, after a dr night of drunkenness. He's throwing up. He's completely just worthless. They say, get out of town. He goes directly to the tavern and says, I need a drink. Uh, and, you know, it's a tavern. It's a caravan. Guarding a caravan, it's all the tropes all wrapped yeah. up into one little story. With a good twist, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It was, I thought it was a good twist. Uh, most of the time, the, the bandits aren't really part of the caravan. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, everyone's... Uh, most people that are fans of Pathfinder really enjoy Amiri the Barbarian. Because she wields a giant sword that she can only fight with when she's in range. She's oh. only strong enough to use the sword she carries when she's angry. That seems horribly not effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a coolness factor, effectiveness. Uh, uh, look at a uh, Final Fantasy. That sword is nonsense. Well, yeah, all, everything about Final Fantasy is nonsense, <laughs> including the hairdo. Oh, but uh, she kind of has that. So these are all like characters that are like quote unquote famous in gaming circles. Right. These are these are their this kind of like their characters. The the owners of Paizo. These are like their guys. Uh Amiri the Barbarian is Lisa Stevens creation. The I think Valoros the Fighter is All right, I didn't know these were guy. actually Well that's known that's how they started. Yeah. They started that way. And what they do is these are their iconics. These are when you look in the book the Pathfinder rulebook. Which is like 800 pages. Yes. Once you open that weighty tome. Yes. And uh, you flip to the wizard. Mm -hmm. And there's Ezrin. Yeah. And he is their iconic wizard. Okay. And his story will be told in a all future right. issue of Pathfinder Origins. So it's basically explaining where all of these characters So as someone who's familiar with it, you probably got more enjoyment out of it than I did. Yeah. And I, I kind of figured I, that I, I would. Yeah. I didn't know who the characters were. I'm not a big fan of the all flashback all the time. Right. You know, where they're constantly jumping around flashbacks. and. So you're sitting there reading it, and then all of a sudden someone goes, Wait a minute, you discovered the ancient idol of Huma Walaga? And yeah. you're like, oh. yeah. And now back to the flashback. Yeah, more flashbacks, more flashbacks. I agree with that. I, mean, I thought it was all, <clears throat> all right. But, I don't know. For a non-Pathfinder guy, it wasn't... It's... It's definitely geared towards. It's pretty gory fans of too. Pathfinder. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not it really, really a book if you have a, a you know a ten or eleven year old who's into Dungeons and Drag or Pathfinder. You, I would suggest uh, picking up IDW's Baldur's Gate yeah. if you have a kid into Dungeons mm -hmm. and Dragons because that has a hamster, a <laughs> battle hamster, and is a lot less gory. But this is, um, yeah, this is like a lot of their other offerings. It's. It, it's bloody and it's and it's going to continue to be so and it's going to unfortunately it's going to really be aimed towards fans of Pathfinder. It's not so and I, I don't I play D&D &D now but I did play Pathfinder and I am familiar with all of that and I, the world is interesting. So I, I don't know if I'll I'll pick any of them up uh beyond this one but we'll see. All right. Uh, you also want to talk about uh, Southern Bastards? Southern Bastards. This is Jason Aaron again. 
Is it? Yes. Wow, he's all That's over the place. That's why I picked him, because this is the Jason Aaron podcast. Yes, it should be. That guy is impressive. Yeah. I gotta say, um, he, I mean, he handles the Star Wars material. Amazing. The Thor material. And now, Southern Bastards is interesting. It, it, to, it's a story that takes place in Craw County, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's kind of a showing off uh, what he knows about the Dirty South, about the modern South. And it's, I, I thought it was interesting and I picked it because I grew up in the South. And I and my friends read a lot of comics and played a lot of D&D to escape the very material that he is covering <laughs> in a comic book. So is it like real life, or what, what is it's it? it? It's it. Uh, it follows the kind of the terrible journey of uh, of small town football and trailer park kids and and uh, drunken deadbeat fathers and and the wise old black janitor. <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was another comic back in the 80s from Eclipse. It was Southern Nights. And when I saw that, I was like, is that the comic from the 80s? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but it, it doesn't sound like it. No, no. He, it's, I've, I'm assuming that Jason Aaron is from the South because he writes with a very... So what is it? Is it biographical? It seems it, like... Is it slice of life? Is it's, it fantasy? It's slice of, no, it's a slice of life. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a... The issue number seven that I'm wanted to talk about was a kid who's basically lives in a trailer. His old man's on the lam from whatever. So he's got drug dealers coming into his house looking for his dad. He doesn't know where they are. They shoot him in the foot. Uh, This blind, uh, this blind dude, this old blind black dude shows up and hangs out with the kid and he can tell what's, He's one of those, you know, it's one of those characters where I can hear what's going on. That guy made an amazing tackle. Was that number 58? No, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, that's, but that's kind of part of the modern South, is the mystical old man. The old black man? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. It, it actually, it kind of is. It's like, uh, I don't know. Everyone, everyone who grows up in the South either embraces it or has a very conflicted relationship with having been from there. And I think Jason Aaron probably is Mm. of the latter. Mm. I think he's from the South because he writes about this with a lot of knowledge. You can just like, you can't make all this up. Um, anyway, so it follows this, this story of the kid and, and he gets out on the, he starts playing some football and he's, he's, uh, busting his ass and he's really uh, made a name for himself. And then no colleges call him, and that's the end of that. Oh. He's, he's, yeah. The end of the issue is he's not going to college to be a football player. And that's kind of like the South. Is you have these great dreams, and then you're like, I live in the South. No opportunity. Hmm. Um, so I hate to bring a little bit of a downer, but I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to explore that, that Jason Aaron has an amazing writing yeah, ability. Yeah, because that's not anything like I expected no, I, I wasn't either. I thought Southern Who Bastards. Who publishes it? Image? That's an image, yeah. Nice. And I thought, oh, I'm, yeah, Southern Bastards. It's going to be a rock-roaring <laughs> adventure. <laughs> and I'm like, this is why I left. But still recommended? I would definitely recommend it if you wanted to 
Yeah, if you wanted to see what, what modern, the modern South is, is really like. And I don't, but I, I may still check it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not my, not my thing. You, like, it's close, you want to get as close to the South yep. as you want to get is being friends with me. Yeah. The only way I want to go to the South is if I'm flying over it to get somewhere fun. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to L.A., I'll fly over it, maybe. You want uh, South, Southern New England? Yeah, that's, yeah, Connecticut, <laughs> I start to get nervous, all right, because I think I'm getting close to the, uh, the South. And that that's not good. Uh, I was going to talk about Thor four, but uh, Thor five came out today, so yeah, maybe we'll, we'll take a look at that. And uh, I mean, Thor four was pretty good. Yeah, the meeting of uh, Thor and Thor. Thor and Thor. Male Thor, female Thor. Odin son, Odin daughter. And it comes after the Thor and uh, Angela meeting. Yeah, about Angela the assassin. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. I don't read it. Yeah, it's not a not a no. fan. No. Uh, and I also want to talk briefly about uh, the all-new Ghost Rider. Uh, I guess, much like a lot of Marvel characters these days, it's not uh, Johnny Blaze anymore. No Johnny Blaze. It's uh, Robbie Rise. He lives in East L.A. with his handicapped brother, Gabe. Ooh. Yes. And uh, they're trying to get out of crime ridden. But it was, uh, uh, without a doubt, one of the, the worst comics uh, I've read in this early year. Uh, Art-wise, story-wise. I'm looking at this. So, someone took the eight-week community college manga drawing course. Oh, yeah. you can. See and it. it is... I I was trying to get is, through it, and it was painful Is writing. this Ultimate's universe? No, this is the Ghost Rider. Not the Ultimate Ghost Rider. I, the Ghost Rider. I have to say, this is really disappointing. Oh, horrible. Just horrible. Wait a minute. I know you're the ghostwriter. They're outside of their high school, and the high school toughs are beating up ghostwriter. Yeah. Um. The art is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan. No, I I couldn't. It was. And oh, how's how's the story? I've only. Uh, it, it's 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 just dreadful. So, uh, I'm assuming that they wanted to switch it up. Because they have to switch up everyone. You know, you have Sam Wilson is Captain America now. You have mysterious female Thor. You have Miss Marvel is a, a Islamic teenage girl. Spidey is Miles. And so now you say, okay, Johnny Blaze. Here's a guy. He's got a ponytail. He's a little too rock and roll for mm. 2015. What say we go with a high school kid? Good, good. No ponytail. No. Um, manga this up. Because it looks like my, I have a book at home on my shelf that is how to draw manga. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> and it looks a lot like that. Yeah, it, it really was quite the, uh, quite the bad. Oof. If you're a manga fan, maybe. Even, the, but the story is too tame yes. for manga, but it's, it's, it is a very manga-ish story. He's in, he's in school, yeah. he's in a fight, he's got he's superpowers, got and everyone knows he does. I would just love to sit at the comic shop and watch who buys this, and who pays the three ninety nine for this. It's a pretty hard sell. It's bad. It's, it reminds me a lot of the worst of the 90s. Like where you just they were uh, anyone who could draw say, was, was given a book and it was like oh. and let us just say the nineties had a lot of foul it was it was, 
creations. Oh, just, just poor. All right, uh, so going on to Marvel TV news, which, I don't know, I guess there's some DC stuff. I watched the, uh, the new Lego movie, uh, DC Justice League vs. Bizarro League, uh, with the kids last night, and it was uh, amusing. Uh, not that great. The story was lacking, but oh. Legos are always funny. <laughs> yeah. There just wasn't a lot of forward momentum to it. You know, Bizarro's yeah. not that bad of a guy. Right. He's trying to help Superman, and it's goofy fun. The kids sure. really liked it. Uh, uh, that's always been the, that's the it treat It wasn't the of, character study that I was hoping for, though. The treat of Bizarro is that he, he it's not, he's not evil Superman most of the He should be. He should be evil Superman. But they made him some kind of weird, stupid. Everything's opposite, so you have to say, "Don't follow me" if you want him to follow you. Right. Which confused Lucas quite a bit because then he was like, "Well, why don't they just say everything backwards?" You know, (laughs) wait till Mixelflick shows up. Lucas is gonna be freaking out. But we watched that, uh, and then they released a trailer for Daredevil, uh, the TV series. I guess you can't call it TV series. It's It's uh, a Netflix original series. Yeah, I gotta tell you. I like Netflix original series. Yeah, they're doing real good work. They are amazing. I mean, they haven't brought back Firefly yet, but uh, no, you know everything but, else seems to be going. But there. you, you were right that they are—they're talking to Patrick Warburton about yeah. bringing back the Tick. Tick, spoon. Ah, we will never shut up about it if that comes back. Ah, I can't wait. Um, but the House of Cards is awesome. A lot of the other yeah, stuff that they've done it. is great. Yeah, well, I don't watch it. You don't—you don't want to get into that yeah. heady. I mean, I watched uh, three or four episodes of Orange Is the New Black. Because I wanted to see the girl from the 70s show topless. Like they show in the first 30 seconds of the show. Is she topless? Yeah, she get, the girl gets into the shower with her and they're both topless. Now I watched and that, that had with, my interest. I watched that with my wife and I, and I, watched, I did not see that. I part. watched that first 30 seconds enough times to know that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, but I'll be going back Then I kind of lost interest. But Daredevil looks good, dark, real, a lot like the uh, Frank Miller. Very cool. And, I'm, and, and did you see who Stick is? No. Woo! It is, uh, oh, gosh, now I don't even remember his name. Uh, did you ever see, um, he's the, the wise old man from, um, Sucker Punch. I see that. Oh, ouch. Um. I saw part of it where she's, like, fighting Nazis or something. Yeah. And it went forever. Then she, they pulled out of her eye and she was on stage doing a ballerina show. Right, well, that was I didn't know what the hell was going on. So so I drank some more and I left. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. But uh, they, they show the kingpin a little bit. Uh, Karen Allen? Is that his girlfriend's name? Who eventually... Uh, spoiler alert. Daredevil <laughs> has a tragic past. Yeah. Um, Karen uh, Allen. Foggy. I can't remember. Yeah, Foggy was, Nelson's in there. Yeah. Um, real dark, real... F- man, they, but they should just pay Frank Miller to consult on it. Ah, it's like it's they obvious. Yeah. Obviously, Frank Miller's... Daredevil. And he doesn't have the full costume. He has just the thing pulled yeah, down I mean, over half his face. He has gone to Goodwill and uh, thrown down some 20 bucks and, and come up with a costume. But I like that. I like that he isn't fully leathered up Affleck style. This is yeah. like early Daredevil. This yeah. is like Hell's Kitchen, hitting the streets. I didn't even see a baton. Did you? Maybe during one of the fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, his walking cane turns into something. But the end of that trailer was what got me. I was like, this is going to be good. I don't know that. And then he pulls up out of the puddle. And he's got blood That's dripping from his face. Yeah. And it reminded me of the uh, when he got beat down by Electra the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was a panel. Yep. And it makes me think, maybe 
whoever is directing or whoever has directed this is a huge fan of Clearly. old school Daredevil. Yep. And is grabbing stuff from the panels. Yeah, almost using the uh, comics as storyboards. Yeah. But it, it looks good. Uh, I don't like the Netflix distribution. All at once. All at once. Because I like having that. <laughs> Every week, everyone's on the same page. And they right. talk about the episode. Right. Because, you know, someone's going to blow through all ten. And they're, they're someone's just going to be no like, time. oh, yeah, I want to worry so about her. She, she doesn't last long. And, oh, yeah, no, 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 that's, yeah, yeah. No, wait, th- that's all taken care of real quick. It's not what you think it is. I'm kind of with you. I would, even if they didn't go all the way, even if they just did half and then waited and then I just missed, half. When Lost was out, I missed the community aspect of talking to people. I missed the community aspect of shows. And yeah. everyone knew, was on the same page. But it happens to me when I discover a show after everyone yeah. has been watching it. And I'm oh, man, this show is cool. Yeah. yeah, we knew that. We're not talking about that show anymore. Yeah, but I mean, that's your own fault. That's my Here, fault. I mean, you, right. This is no way, unless you. There's just no way to be casual in a comic shop with people. And walk into the shop and say, hey, anyone see Daredevil? Unless you saw all ten. Um, I watched all episodes last Saturday. And it's just not as good if you don't savor it. You know, you have a little bit, you think about it. You know, where's it going? You analyze the plot. But when you just hit next, our Netflix autoplays, you right. miss the nuances of the I discussion feel- of, you know, oh, you remember that episode? Oh, I didn't think of it that way. I see what you're saying. That's interesting. I didn't see it in that light. So what if I present to you a weekly Daredevil challenge? It's coming out in April. What if we have a Daredevil night? What if we have a a night where we force our spouses <laughs> to wait? <laughs> so we let the and, we let the girls go out dancing. Yes. And then we watch one and only one Episode of Daredevil. And never watched the other nine. Genius! <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I sure hope he survived. Did he take out the kingpin? Do you think they're going to bring in... I didn't see anyone... Any of the other popular Daredevil villains. Do you think Bullseye is going to show up? Bullseye will. He almost has to. Yeah. Um, this seems like early days, but still I think Elektra's going to show up. Yeah. Are we going to have will. a lot of hand ninjas running around? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be real dark, you know, like the Miller stuff. But Yeah. I'm excited. I really like that. Yeah. I like the 10 episodes because I'm trying to get caught up on Flash. They're already up to 11. I'm trying to get caught up on Arrow in Season 2. You're on Season yeah, 2 of Arrow. It's like 23 episodes. You know what, though? Season 2 of Arrow is amazing. Yeah. Well, I just, a lot happens. Just a lot of time. You, but you were, you know, you were like, I don't know about this. I had to kind of sell you on season two. I'm working my way through it. But it's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I need to use more sick time from work so I can get caught up on it. You really do. You know, we're in New England, and we've had 80 million snow days. Yeah. Unless you have to work. And And then you don't get snow days. You have to work overtime. Maybe I'll bring in the next time I do overtime, the laptop and try to catch. Well, Jen wants to watch them, too. I'm I'm handicapped at that. (laughs) But uh, Daredevil looks real good. They released a trailer. They'll release something else soon enough, you know, a more full-length trailer. Uh, they also released the first uh, sneak peek at Fantastic Four. You mean, can I say it? You can say it. Fantastic X-Men. <laughs> it, it does feel like it a, an X-Men movie. It says, from the, from the director of X-Men Days of Future Past, which I liked, yeah. Fantastic Four. So it's a Fantastic Four with all the same stylings of the X-Men franchise. Yeah, the young kids now. a lot now. of shadow cuts yeah. and... 
They're they're young. They're young. They're like they're in their all, early twenties. Yep, they're all young. Uh, I mean, we know John, not Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Storm is Johnny the, Storm, the black kid. Yep, I believe uh, is that is it not? Uh, and the girl from House of Cards, Kate Mara. Okay, will be blonde. Okay, I don't know who that is. Uh, I've seen her, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they might know who Kate. Mara. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, I I recognized Reed, but I couldn't place the name mm-hmm. or where I'd seen him before. Um, Andrew and Thing, I a CGI Thing, from what I saw, looked kind of cool. Um, but I, I didn't really get a good look at Ben Grimm pre. Yeah, he what was he. Riding his motorcycle or something. Uh, yeah, it maybe. reminded me a lot of the uh, Star Trek trailer, where they have that a lot of exactly wheat fields yeah. and following the car down the wow. path, and then him riding the motorcycle. And there were some lens flares. There were lens flares. Lens flares, and You're, I, I don't that's have exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for this one. I don't either. I, I think it, uh, they, I think they have some weird thing where they just can't make a decent Fantastic Four movie. It's, it, it seems like they get people who don't care for the Fantastic Four. Right. But they know, well, it's a Marvel tie-in, so we'll make money because it's a comic book. But we don't really need to follow it. Like, Daredevil, we were talking about how they pulled panels out of Frank Miller. Obviously. And Fantastic Four, it's like, well, they're scientists. Well, they're not scientists anymore. They're kids. They're students or whatever. And they go blast into space. Well, they're not going to blast into space now. They're going to do this this uh, yeah. experiment in the lab. And, oh, well, Sue and uh, Johnny are brothers. Well, no, they're not now because, we you know, we want to have the, you know, the... Get, you know, the other people interested, so we're going to make him black because it's going to be hip. And, and, and Reed's <laughs> not the scientist who's the genius, and there's going to be no Baxter building. And it's like they just took the superpowers and they're... Right. It's, it's like, how can we CGI flame even cooler? That would CGI some rocks and, yeah. and invisibility. I don't know. I, this movie has the possibility of pleasantly surprising me because my expectations oh, are low. Gosh, I'm not looking forward to it This didn't feel like all. a trailer f- from people who love the material. You know, this is I, not a, a labor of love for these people. So, it's well, we have we can make a Marvel movie and make millions because it's a Marvel movie. So the first when the first FF movie came out and you saw the trailer, the Roger Corman one, or the, you, uh, no, okay, and right. you saw Doom's Mask. Yeah, that were was you cool. thinking? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were thinking this is gonna rule, I and did. I was like, you know what I love? I love the Silver Surfer. I always have. Yeah. How, and Galactus, oh, this is going to be an amazing sequel. Yeah. And it was one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, the sequel was really bad. The first movie I thought was, you know, all right. Passable, yeah. Yeah, almost like a TV movie. I thought, uh, yeah. I, I liked, uh, I thought Chickless, Captain America was, was a good Human Torch. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was all right. You know, not as great as it could have been. No. But, I mean, all right. But Check at least this, it, it, yeah. it, it respected the comic. This one I don't feel like. It. This is pretty di- it's pretty disrespectful to take the family comic book and say, eh. Now not, it's a, not a so family much. of friends. Yeah, it's 21st century. I'm surprised they didn't make Sue Asian. and uh, just complete the... And Ben Latino. And then it would be like the uh, Fast and the Furious for superhero movies. Yeah. Let's... Well, let's... Let's go back and wipe the podcast, and we're going to write that. We're going to write that. A little yeah. fan fiction. Fan fiction. And uh, last but not least, before we let you go, uh, big news was announced that Sony had reached an agreement with Marvel 
about Spider-Man appearing in Captain America 3 and being part of the Marvel Universe. Finally, which means we get, well, potentially we get the Iron Spider. Potentially we get the hilarious banter of Spider-Man and, let's see, he plays off of Cap, he plays off of Iron Man, he plays off of Luke Cage primarily in the in the comic books, but I'm sure they'll find something. I mean, I good news. Big. Very exciting about this. Uh, they're going to reboot the uh, reboot again uh, for 2017. Spider Man, uh, which is going to spin off directly from this Marvel Captain America crossover. Mm -hmm. uh, Huge. Yeah, I mean, you think they're going to have a lot of people said this is the perfect opportunity to introduce Miles as Spider Man to really break from the Peter Parker. I motif. think that is a huge mistake. Yeah, huge. Peter uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Peter Parker is always with Spider-Man. Just because you say this this person wears the Spider-Man uniform doesn't make them Spider-Man. It didn't the Superior Spider-Man wasn't Spider-Man was Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. I I think I think that's a I think that's a, a mistake. It's a mistake. And if they were going to do that, if they really had the cojones, they would go all in. And make Sam Wilson Captain America, and say Chris Evans, you can now go retire to direct. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't know where they're gonna go with it. I'm just excited that I can already picture the Avengers fighting and Spider-Man swinging. Oh man! And cracking wise. What a dream! And I always, I thought this is not gonna happen because Sony is destined to mismanage the Spider-Man property forever. Yes, which they did. Yeah. Let's be honest. They they had the golden goose and they kept killing it over and over again. I mean, Spider Man three. What can you say about Spider Man three? Dancing down the street. <laughs> oh, I, saw, I remember watching that in the theater and I was just like, I, I thought I was actually drugged. I like remember. someone slipped something in my drink and I was hallucinating because I was like, what is going on? What? And I still haven't seen the Amazing Spider Man. I I refuse. There's nothing. Yeah. I the thing that stinks is that my favorite Spider Man villain is the Lizard. I think he's kind of a tragic yeah. villain, and he's, and why not ruin that? Yeah. Ruin everything. Yeah. But it's good that uh, Marvel has control of the character to a uh, certain they, extent now. Uh, they're not, yeah. I hope they don't do another origin. I, we all know how Peter Parker got his abilities by this point. I think they'll be best served by leaving it as Peter Parker and just introducing, having a nice little sequence of him doing something and showing that he is Spider-Man, like yeah. maybe working on something or, and then the Avengers crash into his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how he gets introduced to. I, I think it's really good because, you know, the Avengers, you have Iron Man, who's a, a billionaire, right. Captain America, who's a, a genetically modified super soldier, Thor, who's a God. And then you have Peter Parker, who if done right, will be a high school student. Right. You know, who no money. Just trying to, you know, great power, just trying great to get responsibility. A date, trying to yeah. make a, trying to know. get a running car. And, you know, to have his contrast with all these epic godlike heroes. Because they really are. Because that was the great thing about the first Avengers movie was you had every, all, of the, all of the studs were jumping around, smashing things left and right. And then you had, like, Hawkeye and Cap and Widow on the ground taking one out at a time. Whereas Thor and Hulk and Iron Man are all taken out. I mean, I'd love to see like a trailer uh, for the Avengers, you know, Captain America three, where they're, they're, they're facing off, and you have Iron Man and the Hulk, 
and Captain America and Thor. And they're ready to battle. And behind him, you just see, like, Spider-Man yeah. jumping up and down, trying to see what's going on. You know, sticking his head around him. You know, just scrawny. You know, this that, little guy. Absolutely. That would be amazing. You know, I, I feel like what they, if they haven't already filmed all this, but it would be great to introduce Spidey in a, uh, at the end of Age of Ultron as a teaser. Oh, they could easily do that. I, mean, I, I think know, that's the way to Yeah, he's to do fully it. covered. Yeah. You know, have him swing in and at yeah, the end. Or, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but very exciting news and just makes me even more excited. I'm thrilled. About these I'm Marvel. thrilled about this. Marvel. I can't I can't get enough. I, the, the world is our oyster at this moment. Everything is coming to us. We've got new Star Wars comics. We've got Avengers movies that don't suck. Yeah, Star Wars movies coming out. Star Wars, oh. Star Wars movies are coming out. Uh, the it's all it's all happening. It is. It's the golden time to be a, a fan of things. Yes, like technology is wonderful. It's uh, everything that I loved as a child is is coming true. Yes, and, and, uh, in and the when, most epic of fashion. And fashions. CGI finally caught up with my imagination. Yes, and surpassed mine uh, years <laughs> ago. Um, but that's it. Uh, that's the news. Some comics that you can check out if you haven't. If you're not one of the uh, one million people who own Star Wars Issue 1, uh, good luck if you didn't find Star Wars Issue 2. Maybe you can borrow mine. Prince. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I mean, it's, it's it's nonsense. When I was in that store, everyone who was walking in was buying Darth Vader. It was just Darth Vader in? Darth Vader? Where's Darth Vader? Darth Vader? Darth Vader? Darth Vader? Vader, 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 Vader. Vader. Yeah, Star Wars Issue 2? No, sold out. <laughs> but uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch, and hopefully Princess Leia can at least uh, rise up the Darths level uh it's gonna i don't know maybe I'll let it sink in read it once or twice more see how it flows uh i kind of yeah. see what they're trying to do with it and i'm surprised it ties in so well so it'll be interesting to see where princess leia goes and then uh kanan after that yeah and then uh we got to get you caught up on rebels as well yes all right so until next time thank you very much for watching uh we'll see you guys on first conference news and hopefully we can get back together again next week and uh try to do it semi-regularly if the snow ever stops falling because we are supposed to get snow next week as well indeed we are thank you for listening to the first comics news podcast send show feedback to podcast at firstcomicsnews.com visit us on the web at firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic movies tv and gaming news podcast is copyright matthew skuchek patrick Crow, and richard barber